Hey everybody, welcome back to What Have We Been Watching. It's been a few weeks since we last had a show, but we're back here today. We've got plenty to talk about. We're going to get into all the latest in the world of, you know, movies and TV shows. I have been binging The Walking Dead. Those reviews are a little bit delayed, but I'm up to season eight. Hopefully I can get up to the finale because there's two, I think maybe three episodes left of the show. It's two and a half weeks away from ending. Um, and, you know, whether you think the show's declined or not, it's... It's something that I want to do. Uh, we've also, you know, we're going to discuss our Halloweens and we're going to talk about Halloween ends and some other horror movies we've been watching lately. I'm going to get into Gotham Knights, the new PS5 exclusive Batman game and just give some thoughts on that game. We're going to talk a little bit of Star Wars. We're going to talk some Witcher. We've got plenty to talk about today on the show. And I watched Coraline, which was recommended to me on this show a few weeks ago. Introducing, once again, my co-host Matt Dupond, Doopy. Welcome back to the show, my friend. How's your last few weeks been? We talked off-air about a minute ago about uh, the 2022 movies you've been watching. We're really gearing up to the business end of the year. Yeah, thanks for having me again, man. Um, glad, sort of glad that October's now out of the way and I can watch some movies that aren't horror movies, even though last night I watched a 2022 movie that was, again, a horror movie. But, um, yeah, looking forward to this month because I've really got to catch up on a lot of stuff going into the end of the year and going into Oscar season. Uh, and looking forward to your recommendation, which we'll get to at the end of the show. 100%. We're gonna, I'm going to give a little bit of a review for Coraline, which I watched for the first time, the 2009 stop-motion feature, which, yes. you know, had... Uh, an interesting time watching for sure. We'll talk about it uh, when we get to it. But, yeah. you know, Coraline's a l- got a little bit of, I guess, frightening content in it for sure. It's, it's definitely uh, not a kid's movie, Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> more in a horror horror sense, which yeah. is, again, we'll get to that soon. Yeah. But horror movies, man, Halloween just happened. And, you know, three weeks ago on this show, we are talking about Halloween's end. We can get into our thoughts about that movie. And we were excited to watch it. I think we're both in agreement to say that it wasn't a great movie but before we get into Halloween and uh, I know you've been watching a lot of our other horror movies recently including a recent release that you saw I think in the cinemas about a week ago yeah I watched Barbarian um which is a movie I was very excited for um mainly because a lot of the buzz and stuff I've heard about and whatnot and it was good um I think that the plot and premise um, are more so the best parts about the movie because this is a directorial debut I believe it's a directorial debut um, there's just a few things with the um, what's the word I'm looking for the um, execution that um, I think that could have been done a bit better but obviously you know pretty inexperienced director um, you know that's pretty natural to come by but it was very good, uh, very disturbing. The The main thing that I think would have made it better is that about 40 minutes, the movie goes into a completely different direction um, to where it was going, and it sort of caught me off guard, um, and not in a good way, because I think it sort of wasted a bit of time on what the movie was building to. Um, but overall, I did... I did enjoy Barbarian quite a bit and I would recommend it um, because I do think that it is a movie that deserves to 
to make money and whatnot and I do think that it is a horror movie that people should see because it is trying a lot of new things I think it was almost like a independent movie it was only four and a half million budget so yeah. for a directorial debut it's uh, definitely got some buzz it's already made 43 million in the box office so oh, no doubt this, no doubt it's been a success uh, yeah right time of the year to release it come Halloween I, I think I might yeah. watch it before the end of the year this one yeah well like, again like the you know I think releasing it at this time of the year was you know real stroke of genius and um, we'll talk about Halloween ends but it was you know definitely better than that movie um, but yeah no it was as I said I think that with if this director you know gets a couple more films under their belt, I think they've definitely got the potential to be really good um, because I think that the script for the film is very good, very refreshing, um, very disturbing. Um, There is some pretty gruesome parts in this movie. Um, But yeah, it's, um, it's something that I ultimately enjoyed and I am going to be keeping my eye out to see what they direct next. Because they're definitely they're definitely talented. Zach Gregor, I believe, is the uh, is the director. Zach so um, one to keep an eye out for sure. Quick question before we move on from Barbarian, because I can't say too much. I don't know too much about the movie. I still need to watch it. Bill Skarsgård is one of the main actors. I mean, obviously, he one of the things that really rose him to you know acclaim and, and yeah. fame was it. Do you think there's a possibility? Um, I'm just curious. There's something I'm thinking about it that he might be getting typecast into a little bit of that kind of horror movie guy vibe or do you think that because uh, from what I've seen of him in his career he's a very talented actor but I feel like maybe I, I, I don't know if he if he starts feeling more horror movies he might just become known as a horror actor yeah no I, I agree like every time I watch him now and not not just it but um, there was that um, that devil the devil all the time devil all the time yep. that he was in which you know I'd somewhat consider that a horror movie I like not no, I wouldn't con- fully consider that a horror movie well even in Eternals he plays a monster like yeah. he's just there's not much there you know what I mean but I think yeah. he's a talented actor yeah no I, I really like him um, but yeah I agree I do want to see a bit more versatility in terms of his acting I definitely I don't want to just see him be in horror movies because you know it, it, it'll just it'll just like get to the point where we're like you know oh there's that that horror movie guy, Bill Skarsgård. Well, it looks like he might be in a horror movie called Boy Kills World, which might be an action movie that comes out next year as well, but apparently he's in John Wick Chapter 4, so we're going to see a uh, a little bit more from him there. But uh, yeah, Barbarian. That was... uh, It was, yeah, it was good. I definitely recommend it. We'll go to me in terms of, uh, you know, we'll talk about any other horror movies that you may have watched in the last couple of weeks uh, before Halloween. I watched Hocus Pocus 2 which okay. came out a few months ago or, or like maybe September I think it was on yep. Disney Plus yep. I was a, I'm a big fan of the original I think it's a very fun family movie mm-hmm. and this movie actually broke records on Disney Plus for the most streamed movie on Disney Plus ever so far obviously they haven't released a huge amount of you know original film material but yeah. uh, pretty good uh, pretty good for sure I feel like it was just good to see them reprise their role, the original three, Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker. Um, I think her name's Camille Nabjani. Uh, I, I can't remember her name, that actress, and, and Bette Midler as well. Um, they were both all, they were all, all three of them were really good in the movies. They re- reprised their role really well. I think the weakness of the movie are definitely the newer characters, mm-hmm. but it's fun to see them back doing what they do, and I feel like it's a very... 
like leans heavily on nostalgia hocus pocus too. I feel like it's made definitely for the generation in the nineties that saw that original movie. So I'm not saying Hocus Pocus Two is, a, is an amazing movie, but it's a fun film to watch, okay. especially if you're a fan of the original. So I was a big fan of Hocus Pocus Two. Oh, awesome! Yeah, and no, I saw that it. I saw that they were obviously bringing out a new one, and again, like you know, pretty good time of the year to bring it out as well because it's obviously a, you know, Halloween good like child friendly. Halloween movie as well so I can see why it broke records and whatnot. because this time of the year obviously people are watching a lot more movies it's weird because you know I watched Coraline as well for this show and the, I also watched another uh, I guess family friendly movie this Halloween as well and that was The Addams Family from 1991 oh, yeah. for the first time I've, ne- I've never seen it I, I know of the family I haven't seen yeah. too much material they've been in mm-hmm. it's a classic I mean Christopher Lloyd is fantastic as Uncle Fester in that movie but I really just like the tone and the uh, the atmosphere that the movie creates it actually really made me excited for Wednesday the Netflix show coming out based on uh, the daughter of the family and you know if you guys have listened to this show before, you know that I'm very mixed when it comes to a lot of Netflix and how they adapt their properties. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like there's definitely an audience there if they can get that show up off the ground. And and uh, I think they definitely have a really fun vibe. So yeah. I hope, I'm hoping that they can, um, you know, recapture what made the Addams Family so special with the TV show and then those movies mm-hmm. in the 90s. Yeah, absolutely. I have not seen the original in so long so I'd probably have to rewatch it to remember a lot of it but did you watch the one from a few years ago because I haven't seen that either it was like I, no the, the animated uh, yeah. yeah no I didn't I didn't see it um, but I do remember enjoying the original as a kid awesome was there anything else you watched this Halloween before we get into our thoughts on Halloween ends um well the only other movie that I really want to mention because it just blew me away with how good it was I watched Literally on Halloween night, I watched An American Werewolf in London Hmm. for the first time. I haven't seen it, but it's supposed to be a classic. In my opinion, that is the best horror comedy I've ever seen. And that includes Shaun of the Dead and What We Do in the Shadows. I think this movie is so, so good. Um, So funny. I think it does the best job out of any horror comedy I've ever seen to really balance the two elements of being a skit you know having scary moments but also just being really funny performances are great uh the makeup the the visual effects um after watching it i just sat down afterwards and i was like holy shit i did not expect that movie to be as good as i thought it was but yeah no i really really enjoyed it um i'd highly recommend people to check it out because it is it is an older movie but I'd, I'd consider it a classic for nice. sure I wanted to check it out for sure I question did you not did you watch Werewolf by Night I did oh you did okay yep did we talk about that last show I don't no know no not, yeah. um this is a really hard one to talk about I don't even want to give it a rating because my main problems with it is that it's too short um because I liked a lot of it but because of how short it is they can't really explore what it's doing fully but as I said I, I did enjoy it quite a bit um, there's a few things that I would have changed but uh, the directorial debut for Michael G. Carpenter the directorial debut was very solid um, and you know the fact that he's only given so much time you know I think that he does a really good job um, but yeah I I just it, 
certainly does not feel like a Marvel movie, which is the main thing I enjoyed about it. Definitely um, a unique take, and I feel like Marvel need to do more of that moving forward. Yeah, L- literally the worst part, in my opinion, about Werewolf by Night is the last two minutes when it's not black and white anymore, and when that aesthetic kind of goes. The yeah. the this creature, just I can completely tell it's CGI. Yeah. Whereas whenever it was in black and white, I was like really impressed with how well they blend the CGI in. Well, I, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm a big fan of it, and I feel like yeah. it's definitely the MCU needs more unique properties moving yeah. forward. And I feel I like your main problem with the runtime is that you know they're kind of testing the waters with it. I feel like yeah. the reception out of it's been positive, so I don't see a, a, any reason why they can't do future content with these characters and yeah. maybe make it a little bit longer next time. Still put it on Disney Plus. I don't know if we're at the point where you put them. You know, on the big screen, but I like the smaller kind of adventures that they can have on a streaming service. Just have a small mid-budget yeah. movie, kind of independent film like, yeah, um, and see how how people react to it. Well, you know, it sort of raised the idea to me of you know, a lot of these, as you said, smaller properties. Basically, if Marvel, if the MCU, you know, really wants to give show these to people. I'd, I'd prefer it release in sort of like a trick or treat sort of uh, style where they do a cup like several uh, short stories you. that go yeah. for like forty minutes each. Yeah, I think awesome. that would be a, a cool idea for them to do. Whether they ever do it, I don't know. It'd be a that'd be know, a good idea. Agree, it'd, it'd be a risk um, because you're obviously introducing characters that people don't know about. But in my opinion, it'd just it'd make it so much better. I, I agree. I, I, we'll talk about the MCU a little bit later on this show a little bit more because Flapping, if it comes out next week, we'll come to forever. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, you're right. I, I, I feel like even this was a risk. I feel like it's one that's been successful and I feel yeah. like the MCU's probably at a point now that it's uh, a lot of people finding it stale. I know you found, find superhero movies in general stale for the last few years, but I feel like yeah. they need some fresh uh, kind of vibes to their content to keep audiences engaged and I feel like this is a step in the right direction I feel like instead of having generic um, you know generic movies like I like Doctor Strange a lot but the second second one but I feel like it's a very paint by the numbers movie they can do more stuff like this and um, you know instead of kind of I guess appealing to one type of audience like She-Hulk did which I hate She-Hulk but mm. um, I feel like they can definitely expand it and the next time they're going to be doing these this like special project is with the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special which comes out um, I think at the start of December so yep. the trailer dropped the other day and um, as I said we'll, we'll get into the MCU a little bit more later if you guys want an in-depth conversation about it me and Jamie Keane are going to be ranking everything in phase 4 next week on the show so check that one out and um yeah, we'll get back to the MCU shortly, but let's get to it. Halloween ends. I mean, we're both excited for it. Um, if anyone's kind of paid attention for the last few weeks, because we are reviewing this very late, it's been out for a few weeks now. Um, the movie made money at the box office, but, but because it released at Peacock in the US, it wasn't an overwhelming success. And I think one of those factors is because of the quality of the movie and uh, audiences have not enjoyed it. I, for one, definitely didn't enjoy it. I probably liked a little bit more than you because I think that it is a better movie than Kills but I also don't like Kills at all mm-hmm. so I uh, I struggled with this one I was really excited to see the potential final showdown between Laurie Strode and Michael Myers but 
at the same to say the movie kind of subverts expectations and gives us another story for the first half of the film and um, while I can I guess appreciate the effort to try to give us something new and um, I guess something that kind of pays homage to Halloween 3 I feel like um, like the original Halloween 3 that is I feel mm. like it was a swing and a miss and what we got between Laurie and Michael ultimately wasn't satisfying at all for me what do you think Halloween ends do um, so obviously I I watched um, Halloween uh, Halloween Kills before uh, literally the day before um, and obviously the the, the 2018 Halloween movie um I, I have a lot of problems with, but ultimately I'd say, you know what? It's a, it's a pretty good movie. It would have been very satisfying if Michael Myers had have just burnt or enough. If, if it had just ended the firefighters thing at the start of kills, it's just, if the movie had have just ended <laughs> and that was it, we yep. never got these two movies. And then I watched Halloween kills and I was just like, come on. Like, well, we're gonna we're bringing back characters that nobody cared about from the first one. Tommy what, and the girl. Tommy, what purpose do they serve in the movie? Literally none. Just to run around saying evil dies tonight, which has literally become a meme now because of how stupid it is. Uh, and then yeah, at the end of the movie, Michael Myers is surrounded by twenty people who beat the absolute crap out of him. <laughs> He literally gets shot three times, and then, like, two seconds later, he just gets up and kills them all. You know what else is... <laughs> the whole thing about Halloween Kills is so ridiculous in terms that uh, he... Well, what was the thing? I haven't seen it since it came out, but he makes the whole town worse. Like, he makes yeah. the hate come out of the town. I'm just yeah. like, what is this? All I pay money for, all I want to see is Laurie versus Michael. I don't care about any of this stuff with the town. Well, like, see, I don't even want to see that. <laughs> I just want a coherent slasher movie that makes yeah. sense. Yep. And, uh, yeah, Halloween Kills, stupid, and it made no sense. And it was a really, really, really bad movie. And it was false advertising. Even if you don't want to see Laurie versus Michael, you saw the trailers for that movie or ends, all the trailers are a teasing that show to you. Yeah. And in both movies, we don't get it at all. She sits on her ass in a fucking hospital bed all night. <laughs> she literally does nothing in the movie. It's true. Like, it's I true. just don't understand. Like, obviously, yeah, the marketing for the movie was bad, and the movie itself was really, really bad. And after watching it, I was like, boy, oh boy. Like, that was, you know... That was up there with, you know, the worst Halloween movies I've seen. Oh. I've seen all of them. Yeah. And there's some bad ones. Well, get strapped in because... Boy, if, oh boy. If we think that the hate for the town was ridiculous, what about the let's pass the evil from my eye into yeah. another... <laughs> so... Go, take it away. Take so, it away. yeah, I finished Halloween Kills and I really, really didn't like it. I thought it was really just a terrible movie and... I'll never be watching it again. So I went into the following day to Halloween. We excited for Halloween end because I actually was positive because I liked the 2018 movies. So I said, you know what? Maybe the Kills was just a filler, a one-off movie. Maybe we we're going to get the intended story, in, and they're just dragging it out for free films. So in in the lead up to it, I was all I was thinking in my head is how badly, how terrible of a reception the Halloween Kills got, and I was like, all right, it's going to be one of those stupid moments, sort of like what. Uh, 
Colin Trevorrow said after a Jurassic World, the, the second, second one, Jurassic World, how bad that was. And you know what? We're just going to, we're saving it all for the, for the next one. And I was like, okay, I haven't even seen Jurassic World. A lot of people hate it, but I like it. Yeah. It's fan service, but I enjoyed the fan service. But yes. Yeah. So I went into Halloween Ends thinking, all right, surely they've learned their lessons and they're just going to give people what they want to slash a movie, blah, 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 blah. Uh, in I started taking film criticism seriously <laughs> in 2017 after watching Star Wars The Last Jedi which is a movie that I really really didn't like and I and a lot of people that I went with really liked it and I was like I am sick and tired of just saying that I like movies because everybody else did I saw The Last Jedi twice in cinemas on the first day it released and the first time I, I think I convinced myself that I enjoyed this movie. Yeah. During the second viewing that same night, I just was yeah. questioning my life. Yeah. <laughs> so it looks like that movie had an effect on yeah. both of us. That was honestly, I guess, what broke it for me, where I was like, I'm taking like this a lot more seriously now. Uh, and I very... pissed you off, The Last Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and look, The Last Jedi is nowhere near as bad as this movie. Um, but... Basically, what I'm trying to say is I've, I've very rarely come out of a movie genuinely saying that I hate this movie, but I fucking hated this movie. It's like an so much. <laughs> boy, oh boy. Uh, everything about this movie, I think none of it makes sense. All of it's bad. I think the acting's bad. The kills are bad. Uh, the ending is stupid. No, the ending is ridiculous. I was shit on the legacy of Michael Myers was, to an extreme in this movie. I don't want to spoil it for anyone out the same. I was, I was like, wow. I, I'm again. I'm just going to completely think that these movies just don't exist because I, I do not want to. When I watch the original John Carpenter Halloween, which is a wonderful movie, the last thing that I want to be thinking in my mind whilst watching that movie are the idiots of what was the t- what's the town called again Haddonfield 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 I don't want to be thinking about them morons throwing Michael Myers carcass into a meat grinder yeah it's the dumbest thing ever mate it's it's just stupid everything about the movie as you said the whole Michael Myers and the the kid the kid and, and then the kid becomes evil because he came in contact with Michael Myers what sense does that make Everything about this movie just falls on its ass. I guess the only positive thing that I have to say about it is that I, I can appreciate the swing and miss of the originality that I feel like it did take, but it subverted that expectation in a bad way for me. But maybe I'm giving it too much credit because I haven't seen Halloween 3. How similar is that the what, new kid... Season of the Witch. Is it, maybe it's... I feel no, like... Ha- Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. It's season, yeah, but Season of the Witch, the one The where, one where there's no Michael Yeah, Myers. but they've got the pumpkin head killers. Yeah. Yeah? Basically. Is that kind of similar to what they do with this kid in this movie? Obviously, Michael Myers is in it, but is it kind of a similar vibe? Am I giving it too much credit, this movie... Yeah, but that movie's... being original. That movie's a completely different plot, and that movie's really gained, like, a big cult following. Do you like that movie? I'm saying it. Look... It's fine. Okay. I wouldn't say that it's, you know, an amazing movie or anything like that. But as you said, at least it's like, you know, doing something different. But if you're going to do something different, then why are you even having Michael Myers in the movie? Yeah, true. It's so just dumb. Just don't call it Halloween. Just make a new movie. Legit. 
The, the only reason that he's in there is so that in the marketing they can say that he's in the movie and the movie can make more money. Yeah, same as that. Uh, really the same. And I'm a big fan of Laurie Strode. I know you don't love her as a character in terms of five I girls, really don't like her as a character. I, I like her as a character, but you could say the same about Jamie Lee Curtis. The only reason she, they put her in the movie yeah. was to sell some tickets. Legit. Because there's no purpose to her wise in this movie, really. Legit. Yeah. I just... The whole thing to me it just doesn't it's so sloppy it's sloppily made like the the ending when spoiler alert as if you're even going to go and see this movie um the the kid gets dies or gets killed i don't even i don't even remember how he dies laurie stops him yeah laurie stops him and then i'll see michael kills him yeah and, and then michael myers just walks in i'm like you were literally in a sewage pipe like a couple of minutes ago like, it's just dumb. Everything about this movie is just terrible. Honestly think that this is one of the worst horror movies I've ever seen. That's, that's a big call. Worse than Jason Takes Manhattan? At least that movie's <laughs> funny. <laughs> I guess. Ja- Jason punching some guy's head off. Yeah. Was, at least I can get some <laughs> sort of entertainment out of that. Whereas this movie's just trying to be serious the whole way through. Literally the best moment of this movie... Is at the start of the movie when the guy opens the door and the kid falls up, falls down the stairs and dies. That is it. Everything about this, everything else about this movie is god awful nonsense. I think we've given uh, enough airtime to Halloween End, but it's safe to say that we both did not enjoy it. It won't be in our top ten movies of twenty twenty two. I'd give it a one out of ten. I think I gave it a three, so a little bit more generous. But I still don't really enjoy the movie. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on. So. Black Adam, you haven't seen the movie, right, Doobie? And we, we no. did our top 10 movies, uh, Dwayne The Rock Jokes on movies, last, yeah. or two weeks ago now. Thanks, Matt Cosby, for being on that show. It was, a, it was a really good time. We had a good laugh. It was an entertaining podcast. And, you know, they're just a bunch of fun movies. So, uh, it was it was a good show. You haven't seen the movie, but I think it's safe to say that you probably know the end credit scene of Black Adam. Do you know something that's going to happen in the end Are we going to talk spoilers? Oh, I'm I... going to just talk a spoiler, so if you haven't, just skip out. I'm not going to talk spoilers for the movie, but I'm going to talk about someone that's returned to the universe, Okay, I think you know. Yeah, yeah I know Superman. Yeah. There you go. There yeah. you go. Okay. <laughs> so, so, spoiler alert if you haven't. Superman has returned to the DCEU. Um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson basically said, I wanted him to come back and he talked to the old run uh, the film run, the runner of the film like Division in mm. Warner Brothers before they merged with Discovery and he asked to bring Cavill back he said no so The Rock basically went around him and went to the new Discovery guy and they got Cavill back and um, you know it's, it's exciting news for the fandom uh, I think it's safe to say that as we mentioned, Marvel's not in a great spot at the moment. This year has been not great for the MCU. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if DC can get their, um, their shit together, so to speak, that they can be real competition with the MCU. I so agree. <laughs> in saying that, in the last two to three weeks, we've had the news of James Gunn and Peter Safran, who is the director of Shazam, and James Gunn, who we all know, they're going to be the new heads of the entire DC um, universe that Warner Brothers own. So from the animated movies to the TV shows to the feature-length films, they're going to be in charge of it. They're like the Kevin Feige's of DC now. I want your opinions, Doopey, whether you think um, you know that's a good move. And we all know um, the Suicide Squad is a very... I, I don't love the Suicide Squad by James Gunn, but it's a Same. very comic book 
type movie and mm. it's it's definitely got a style to it. Um, are you excited for the change in leadership at DC? And do you are you excited for this a Superman movie sequel? Probably going to be a Man of Steel sequel with Henry Cavill, but one that's a lot broader. Probably not going to Zack Snyder. Probably not going to return, but one that's kind of captures the spirit of Superman. I for one thinks it's been way too long since we've seen a Superman feature length film, and I think that if they can crack the case, uh, a Superman live action film full of hope could be something that's really fresh and. Uh, could really reinvigorate the whole DC universe. Oh, I think it's I think it's great. You know, obviously James Gunn is you know he, he knows exactly what he's doing, um, and you know his sense of humor and whatnot is obviously you know he's definitely in touch with the fans, um, and not not just with his with the Guardians of the Galaxy movies and this, but he's obviously um, super. Yeah, super. Um, yeah, with uh, I can't remember. He's Rain Wilson. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know he's he's got a very particular sense of humor, and I think having him at the head of the helm, um, he'll definitely know what projects the fans want. Um, Peter and, Safran, we know a little bit less about, but Shazam was a very hopeful movie. Yeah, so I, mean, I I love Shazam, so that is like one of the rare superhero movies that I really really liked, um, and that's that's what I want in a in a superhero movie. You know, something different. Um, I feel like DC especially when you watch Black Adam, are trying to do a different tone to what yeah. Marvel's doing, which I think is a positive thing. I think it's something they should do. You don't yeah. want to just be a carbon copy of Marvel, yeah. which I think they try to do with Batman vs. Superman. Let's hurry up and make you know, yeah, Justice League to, yeah. to match the event. Just go at your own pace, take your time with these movies, get them right. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as, as I said, you sort of mentioned just then with... Um, when we were talking about Halloween ends, sorry to bring that up again, with uh, how you mentioned that you res- you somewhat respect that they were trying to do something different. The thing is, with these superhero movies, if they're at least trying to do something different, then I will go and pay my money to go and watch the films. I just, I'm so sick of seeing... This is my problem with all the Marvel movies, is that literally every one of the movies... The end of the movie ends up with the bad guy fighting the good guy on top of some stupidly tall thing in the sky or something like that. It it it's just gets repetitive, and I just want to see something different than that. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. I mean, I as I said, I'm, I'm positive about the the future of the DC universe. I feel like it's a fresh start. I yeah. feel like Cavill coming in, and if they can crack the case of Superman, I even feel like there's a chance that. Uh, Gal Gadot and James Mamol, which well, they'll probably stick around, but they can come back into the limelight a little bit more. And who knows, they could even potentially keep Affleck. I know that he's in the the Flash movie. If they could convince him, let's give him a Batman movie. We could still have Patterson's whole deal. I think that uh, we could see a promising future for sure. Well, after the Snyder Cut, you know, I after watching that movie, I was honestly thinking in my head, how good would it be in a couple of years if we got a Dark Side Justice League movie? Yeah. It would be great because... I, I, the the Whedon cut I, I gave like a 1 out of 10 I thought that a movie is so bad in every way and then I watched the Snyder cut and I was just like could not believe what I was watching I was like why did they take this guy's vision away from me well I, I can't I don't hate the Whedon cut not especially not as much as you do but you you watch the Snyder cut and literally all the best scenes and all Legit. the people of colour they've all been taken away Legit. so you cannot even deny that when you watch the two movies back in that like Ray Fisher literally said that he didn't want his scenes in the movie and after watching the Snyder cut I was like 
why didn't you want this se- your scenes in the movie? They're actually good. Yeah. You know, I I really like the Snyder Cut and, you know... Obviously, DC have to sort out the whole Ezra Miller issue, um, but I feel like the, the amount of money that they've invested in that Flash movie that's supposed to come out in June next year, um, and from all reports that it's supposed to be a pretty good movie based on early um, reception to the people that have been lucky enough to see it, I feel like you've just got to bite the bullet at this point and release the movie. I don't know if you have to... I don't even know if you put Ezra Miller in any of the marketing because who knows what, what's going on with him any of the press I'll just leave him completely out of it mm-hmm. maybe bring Clooney and Affleck who are both in the movie and get them doing press yeah. maybe we can just release it and move on because the whole Flash movie is based around the Flashpoint storyline and basically in that storyline um, the DC universe in the comics anyway kind of gets reset where they can change some things which is a perfect time to do it now that they're changing things without you know completely change it just change a couple elements and I feel like there's an they've got an easy out with all the Ezra Miller drama to at the end of the movie when he changes the universe just have to flash play by someone different he goes why do I look different and he's a different actor yeah no I, I think that that'd be cool um you know I because I, obviously Ezra release. Miller can't continue being him after this movie no you know just Release, release the film, and uh, as you said, if they've got to replace him after that, well, you know, in the context of the film, you could have his Flash, you know, perish or like, like you know, Doctor Who. Yeah, they have the regenerations. Yeah. It changes actors. Yeah, they can do that with the Flash easy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, so, I agree. Um, yeah, DC Universe looking bright. I want to mention, and um, I know Doobie, you're not a huge gamer, but I want to mention my thoughts on Gotham Knights quickly, the new PS5 game. Um, have you ever heard of the Court of Eos? You probably haven't, have you? I've rings a bell. Rings a bell, okay. So basically in this Batman game that's coming out on the PS5, you Bruce Wayne has been killed at the start of the game, um, and you play as Nightwing, Robin, Red Hood, and Batgirl as they kind of unsolved uh, solved the mystery oh, and yeah, un- kind of ravel of what happens yeah. to Bruce Wayne and uh, the game has gotten a lot of criticism since its release and even before its release because um, of certain technical aspects the frame rate's only 30 uh, 30 FPS um, so that's gotten criticism because it's supposed to be a next gen release but mm. um, the game mostly runs how it's supposed to it's a co-op experience so I feel like it's a lot funner if you play it um, with friends now it's not as smooth as the Arkham games and I feel like for those people that like those that Arkham series which are some of the greatest superhero stories in general of all time um, you might be a little bit disappointed if you expect that in this game but I really enjoyed playing it with my brother we played the whole game and uh, I enjoyed that co-op aspect and I feel like the story is a gold mine the Court of Hours uh, villains that I've um, been a fan of since they got introduced into the comics back in 2012. Now, when they got introduced, I was really into my comics. It was the New 52 era. Um, basically, the Court of Hours are a secret society that run Gotham behind closed doors. No one knows they exist, but they're pretty much the powerful and rich leaders of Gotham that secretly run the town. Now, in the comics, Bruce Wayne gets the hell beaten out of him when he finds out about the existence. They take him down. They know that he's Batman. Um, and it's just a really, really good storyline. And the reason that I'm mentioning it, and by the way, Gotham Knights, um, just to finish talking about that, I, I like how each of the characters feel different. The combat can get repetitive, but I feel like the story's worth playing. And I feel like if you guys have a PS5 and you're into superhero games or if you just like comic books in general, give Gotham Knights a try. Do not listen to the negative press. Now, it's not an amazing game. I'll probably give it a 7 out of 10. 
it's definitely a game with issues, but I feel like the story is enough to keep you compelled. And the reason I met, mentioned the Court of the Hours to you, Doopy, is that Rob Patterson, when the Batman came out, actually mm. said in the sequel, that's the villains he'll want in a movie. Would okay. you think Batman vs. Secret Society that has roots like in the comics, Thomas Wayne in some versions are a part of the Court of the Hours, his father. Um, would you like to see a story that has a secret society and kind of deals with the corruption of Gotham in a Rob Patterson sequel. Well, it'd be very relevant, you know, especially these days, people going with the whole Illuminati yeah. beliefs and whatnot. It's basically what it is. It's yeah, basically the, pretty much. the kind of version. Yeah, of and I think, you know, I... And that's another thing with the, like, a lot of superhero movies, you know. I, I think that a lot of people are so of the idea that, you know, we need these popular characters that are in comic books for the movie to be good. And it's like, you don't really need the most well-known characters for a good, you know, superhero movie. I've been calling for a, um, for a hush Batman movie for years and we still haven't really gotten it. Somewhat. Like, you can clearly tell that the Riddler, there is, there are some ideas of hush in poor Dano's performance as Riddler. And in the animated movie, Batman Hush, yeah. he, he was, the Riddler was behind it all. He yeah. was the Riddler in yeah. that movie. Which I didn't yeah. love that twist at yeah. all. I didn't like it. Yeah. But um, I, I agree. I yeah. think Hush is a great character. And I think that's why I enjoy the Batman so much. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think it'd be a really cool idea. Um, because obviously, you know, we, we got that, um, that deleted scene of Batman talking to Barry Keoghan's uh, Joker. Yes. Uh, which I love Barry Keown. He's a great actor and I think that he'd do a great job as a Joker, but can I we... I think we need one straight away. We for... don't need another Joker Batman movie. Let's do some other stories. Yeah, there's so many. I want to see something different. That's why, you know, obviously Jim Carrey's Riddler is the only Riddler we got up until... Paul Dano. Well, he had the Gotham Riddler, but in movies, yeah, yes, the Gotham yeah. show had a good Riddler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To him, but well, yeah, yeah he, he was great in, in the show. Um, but, and, but yeah, yeah, it's always Joker. You're right. Yeah. Let's, let's give, he's got so many good villains. Yeah. But yeah, you know, a massive reason why you and I like Dark Knight Rises so much is because Tom Hardy does such a great job as Bane. Yes. And, you know, I don't want to see anybody else play Bane now. It's like, I don't really want to see anybody else other than Heath Ledger for a while. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, I'll play the Joker. Well, the good news with that as well is you can have this Robert Patterson sequel, you can keep the new DC universe, but you can have these other projects where they can experiment a little bit more. Yeah. You've got the Joker sequel coming out with yeah. uh, Joaquin and um, and Lady Gaga, yeah. um, which is apparently is going to be a musical, so that will be an interesting take as well. I'll be interested. I don't think... I, I really like that the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie, but... I don't think that it's aged very well, and I, I don't love and it. it hasn't. I just think and, it's and, and, a performance. The performance is better than the movie. Yeah, me, and, you know, I, I do agree with that. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see how the DC future goes. Obviously, with Henry Cavill coming back, and I've only mm-hmm. seen season one of the show, but I'm a huge fan of the the games, and I like the novels as well. But uh, he's not coming back for The Witcher, Henry Cavill for season four, and he's been replaced by age. Liam Hemsworth, who seems nothing like the character. Now I know you're not a big Witcher guy because. Um, you haven't really watched the show or, or played the games, but um, yeah, I feel like, again, this goes back to the Netflix problem that I've got. I feel like that's a show that's destined to potentially get cancelled after season four now. Season three's not out yet. Cavill's going to be him in season three, but um, who knows? Liam Hansworth could come out and be a fantastic Gerald Rivia, but if he's not, 
Defeating Outrage is just going to get louder, and I don't think it's going to be good press for Netflix. Well, literally, I, I've all week, uh, all week at work, it's been you know pretty dead. So I've just been scrolling through, like reading the news on my computer at work, and the amount of articles that I've heard, and I literally only knew about it like two days ago that he was getting replaced, and everybody I know that you know watches the show really likes the show and a big reason for that is how good Henry Cavill is as the lead and why are they are they replacing him because he's so there's there's a a couple different strains of thought now there's been reports that have come out that the writers and the producers of the Witcher Netflix show hate the books and hate the games and they were shitting on them and wanting to change stuff. Now, I know that Henry Cavill is a giant Witcher fan of the whole yeah. series. Um, so there's reports that he wanted to get out because he signed a free deal because they are just basically shitting on the law, oh, which that's not, a, that's not a good look at all if that's mm. true. There's another uh, idea of thought that he could only play Superman or Henry or, or uh, The Witcher because they're going to fast-track this, this mm. Superman film the other strain of thought other than that is that Netflix might have made him choose between the two roles, which I think would be a very bad mistake by Netflix. So do I. Yeah, I think that makes absolutely no sense because obviously, you know, again, after the Snyder Cut, you can clearly see that the guy is, you know, the passionate. Best, is, is passionate about being Superman. And in my opinion, he's probably the right choice to play Superman. And he's passionate about being Geralt as well. If you yeah. go back before the... Netflix show came out. Yeah, he was just talking about his love for the for the series. But because of all the praise that Witch has gotten, I think that he feels like he's got some real unfinished business in playing Superman yes. because the films that he's been in have gotten a lot of hate yes. and whatnot, like Batman vs Superman, Men of Steel, which are two movies that I you know I I think pretty decent. Well, the extended edition of Batman vs Superman is really good. I don't know if you've seen the extended. I have, and I I. Didn't really like. You like the theatrical? Yeah, I, I oh, prefer man. I prefer the theatrical. Really? Okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, look, I I don't really want to see Henry Cavill get re- replaced as Superman, but it's sad for you know massive fans of Witcher because you know I I know that a lot of people absolutely love that show. It means a lot to a lot of people. I mean, Josh Duncan, friend of the show, he's a big Witcher fan, and yeah. um, I you know I'm enjoyed. I haven't seen season two, but I've got to. But um. Yeah, it sucks. And the one of the reasons I never really jumped into The Witcher as much because I watched season one, they did change a little bit of the the lore, and I felt like I don't know where this show's going. As much as I'm a fan of the the books and the games, um, and to hear those reports that they might not even like the property, the people that are making it doesn't really yeah. sit well with me either. But um, why but, even making the show in the first place? Uh, if you get if you get want, people if you that want, are passionate about the project, if you, in. Want, if you want these, if you want these things to be successful, then you know. Again, like I complain about superhero movies, but at the end of the day, the people who make the movies don't listen to me. No, make, listen to the people who are passionate about the project. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's uh, that's pretty much enough superhero talk. We'll move on to something else, and then we'll talk about Coraline. But uh, quickly before we get into other, other topics, uh, Black. Panther Wakanda Forever comes out next week. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting to see the take and how they change the movie after Chadwick Boseman's death and what they do there. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to review that next week and uh, Jamie Keane and I are going to rank, rank the entire phase for the MCU. But Doopy, what do you think the expectation should be for this movie in terms of 
And this is going to be something we talk about uh, on the next one of these shows that we do. Yeah. Uh, a bit more, a little bit more about box office. What do you reckon the expectations should be for this movie in terms of box office? Because um, Doctor Strange and Thor: Love and Thunder this year made substantial money despite their mixed reception, but not that money that we're used to seeing some no. of these big Marvel pro- projects make. And Black Panther, the original, made over a billion dollars. What do you think the expectation should be from Marvel about how well this movie will do? Because it had, I think it's $250 million budget. So it's... Yeah. Uh, do you think this is going to be an overwhelming success? Do you think that people that are, you know, diehard MC or diehard MCU fans will, but you think the casual audience will go out in droves to see this? Because... From my point of view, I'm probably a little bit less excited for this movie than I usually am for an MCU movie. I think that it'll still make... I honestly think this movie will crack the billion mark Mm. simply because... That's a big four. I know. I think only two movies cracked the billion this year might be Top Gun and Jurassic World, unless I'm wrong. In my opinion, if it makes... In my opinion, it'll make well over this, but if it makes over 800 uh, 800 million, I think that is a great success. The reason... The main reason I think it'll make over a million is one or two things. A billion. Yep. Yeah. Out of definite, like, intrigue of, you know, the film, like, as people go into every Marvel film. But I think that so many people are going to go out and watch this um, out of memory of Chadwick Boseman. I think that that is, you know... Who, who else better to have directing this than Ryan Coogler? Because I think he's. I do, agree. I think he's going to do a tremendous job with that aspect. Yeah, so the do I. Aspect. I, I, you know, I enjoy the. I think the first Black Panther is decent, and I think the best part. I think there's a lot that I love about it. Obviously, Michael B. Jordan's fantastic in it. Uh, the music's great, and obviously. Chadwick's oh, yeah. great. Um, and obviously, you know, the big reason that it's so good is Ryan Coogler. Yes. Who's, you know, obviously directed Creed. And very good film. Third act falls apart a little bit in my opinion. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that it, I, I'd be very shocked if this didn't make the big bucks because whilst I agree that it has been not a great year for the MCU... I think that so many people are going to go out and see this movie, um, you know, for those reasons. Yep, yeah. for sure. All right, um, is there anything... So, 2022 movies talked off before the show. I think you're, what, you're in about 40 that you've seen this year? 41 thus far. Hoping to get to... I'm honestly still hoping I can get to around 70. Well, yeah. Don't know if I'll get there, but... Um, Big, big month or so ahead. Guess what, Doobie? I saw everything everywhere all at once. And I'm not going to give my thoughts either way because I want to save that because I'm, I'm almost certain it's going to be in your top 10 movies for the end of 2022. So I'm not going okay. to sway you anyway on how I feel about the movie. Okay. But one thing I will say to people at home that are listening to this show, if you um, haven't seen the movie, all I'll say is it is one of the most unique movies you will probably ever see. Um, and... If you want to experience something completely different, go ahead and check this movie out. And uh, Doopy will sing its praises all day. Oh and- yeah, look, I won't, I won't talk about it too much because I'll, I'll get to that later on in the year. But uh, I'd, I'd obviously highly recommend it to, to everybody because I think it's a movie that will appeal to you know everybody. Everybody, everything, everywhere, everybody. Yeah. Um, should be the slogan for this movie. We'll see how it goes Oscar season. So it'll be interesting. But um, yeah. yeah, plenty of movies 
for the rest of the year to see. We'll see Avatar coming out. It's uh, it's a big couple of months. Did not realise the runtime until today. How three hours fifteen? About three hours yeah. fifteen. Yeah. Well, Black Panther. To go back to Black Panther for a minute, it's two hours forty four, which is a long yeah, movie. That's, that's long. That is very. So it's a couple of uh, a yeah. couple of long long ones coming out for sure. Yeah. Well, you know, usually end of the year it's. Oscar season. Your, Oscar season plus all your big blockbusters. blockbusters starting to come out and whatnot. So it's definitely exciting end of the year, I think. Yeah, it should be, should be fun. I'm not going to get... I said at the start of the show, we'll talk about Star Wars. We'll probably talk about that more next time, a little bit more, because I think in three weeks, Ender will be over. So I can really uh, give my thoughts on that show. But it's safe to say that I'm really enjoying it. I really think you'd like Ender, because I feel like Ender's... Uh, so for me, when I... Again, this... Because... For people that read the novels and are, and are diehard into canon, I feel like this is the perfect show. I feel for mm. I feel like for surface deep Star Wars fans that, uh, that just watch the movies and enjoy them, like you know you you love the movies, but you probably don't yeah. dive as deep into the canon stuff. No, um, not particularly. But my my point is, I feel like they might have a little bit harder time to get into the narrative of Andor. But I feel like you love a little bit of uh, a, a little bit more of a slow build and setting yeah. up the tension and the intrigue and yeah. even the political stuff in Andor. And I feel like this show has done a masterful job of setting that up. Tony Gilroy is doing an outstanding job of this show. Yeah. And I know you like The Mandalorian a lot. This is completely different to The Mandalorian. I feel yeah. like you will enjoy it if you sit down and watch the show once it's all out. The only reason I haven't watched watch any of it yet there's two reasons one is because with these Star Wars shows I like to just basically binge, binge watch it yeah. like when Mando season 3 comes out I'm not watching it until ever, until I can watch the whole are you going to be patient enough to do that are you going to be yep. able to keep waiting because we yep. know on this show I'll be talking about it I reckon I will because um, obviously my feelings towards television shows um, the the one thing that I really hate doing, especially after seeing a really bad episode, is knowing I have to wait another week to watch That's an fair. episode. Yeah. So I will be waiting until the whole thing's out. But yeah, uh, one the two big reasons I haven't seen Andor um, are literally that reason that it's the show over. is still going. The other reason is I'm just trying to pump out as many movies as I can at the end of the year. That's so fair. I plan on watching Andor... Honestly, I'm probably going to watch it like really early January because I obviously I get time off work over Christmas, so I'm probably going to binge watch it. One thing that, that I think you'll enjoy, and I think it's a criticism for Mando, is that the episodes, you know, fly by. In fact, that some of them are only 28 minutes. Of these episodes, we're getting 58 minute episodes of Mando, okay. and there's 12 of them. So um, I feel like, and I feel like it's justifying the runtime. So I'm, I'm very yeah. interested to see what you think. I mean, as long as there's, you know plenty of meat there that I can like you know really get into it makes you think this show it makes you think much yeah. more than the uh, the yeah. average Star Wars show so yeah think, and you know that's sort of what I want I yeah. just want something different when I go into a Star Wars you said Wars this show. a lot today yeah. different I just I, I don't want to no lightsabers in Andor. I just complete, yeah, yeah I don't want to see lightsaber fights Death Stars and the end of um, you know Planets getting blown up, the end of the universe sort of stuff that the planets movies... where you don't know anyone that's on the planet. Yeah. If you just watch the movies, let's yeah. say that as well. Yeah. Um, you don't have yeah. any emotional again, connection to the Starkiller base, five planets blown yeah. up. We don't know anyone on those planets. Yeah. You exactly. know, you... <laughs> so, so, yeah. yeah. But... I just want, with the shows, I just want really 
good character-driven dramas, to be honest. And I feel like that's exactly what we're getting into this, and I'm interested to see your thoughts uh, early next year when you watch it. We'll talk about it on this show, no doubt. Just quickly, um, also, I found out today that... um, I can't remember his name. You probably know who he is. The bloke who plays Moff Gideon in... um, The guy in... um, Mando. Ah, uh, Mando. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Espinito. I yeah. don't know his first name. He's from Breaking Bad. Apparently, did you hear that apparently he's going to be in the MCU X-Men movies? Apparently. That's, that's a rumor. Is it it's Magneto Appar- or Xavier? Apparently Xavier. I heard that a few months ago. I, hear, I feel like, I don't know how credible it is, but it'll be interesting. I've like, I heard a lot of rumors, like, especially today. Okay. That, you know, it's Maybe really starting to get a lot more traction. Well, they haven't announced the X-Men cast and they haven't announced the Fantastic Four cast. So yeah. I feel like they'll go younger with Fantastic Four. Get yeah, I, I agree. Um, I actually like the idea, uh, you haven't seen Top Gun Maverick, but there's a, the, the guy that plays, um, the cocky pilot. I can't remember his name, but I think he's really good in that movie. I haven't seen him much, but when you watch that movie, we'll talk about it more, but I feel like he's a good choice for um, a potentially human torch, but we'll get into that later. Um, Tales of the Jedi, quickly, I just want to mention that as well, saying it's a really, really good watch. It's six episodes, miniseries, 10 to 15 minutes an episode. Um, there's an Ahsoka storyline in there, but there's also a Count Dooku storyline of him as a Jedi that you see his descent into darkness and it's like there's even a mission with him and Qui-Gon Jinn okay. um, on it and like, it really shows how disillusioned Count Dooku gets with the Jedi Order and that's an aspect of Star Wars we've never seen before I really enjoyed it Liam Neeson comes back and he even voices Qui-Gon in this miniseries oh, he's voiced go. him every time um, so yeah that's cool um, so I want to give the shout out to that show if you haven't seen that show and you're a Star Wars fan check that out as well but um, it's the time of the show we've got nothing else to talk about where we're going to uh, get into our Yes. More yeah, recommends and this week do be recommended. Yes. Uh, so I recommended a film from 2009 called Coraline, which is directed by Henry Selick. is a stop motion animated movie starring Dakota Fanning. And um, I absolutely love this movie. Um, the reason I recommend it was obviously because it's a bit of a, a spooky kid kids movie perfect time for you to watch it yeah kids movie in brackets I think this movie would absolutely terrify like really young children Um, let's get into that for a sec because I completely agree and the movie made money when it came out I saw when I was looking at this movie I had 120 million I know I was shocked. A Sixty million dollar budget. I was shocked. I don't as know well. who, where the marketing was. For, it was this marketed as a kids movie. Yeah, it should not have been. It reminded me a lot of um, Isle of Dogs, which is another f- uh, stop motion animated movie, which I absolutely adore. But that movie, um, in my opinion, I remember when the marketing for that movie, you know, when they were releasing the trailers and whatnot. And I was like, oh, this looks like a fun family, fun movie. And then I watched Isle of Dogs and all I was thinking of this movie, again, absolutely adored it. But all I was thinking is children would be bored out of their mind watching this and they'd have no idea what's going on. Whereas with Coraline, I think children would be absolutely terrified watching this, especially in a cinema. There's some really striking imagery in this movie and I would be terrified if i was a kid put it this way i'd never be able to look at buttons the same ever again <laughs> um, but 
most importantly, Westy, what did you think about Coraline? So I went into this movie not knowing much. I expected something similar to the vein of uh, Nightmare Before Christmas because it is directed by Hen- Henrik Selig, who I don't think gets enough credit for Nightmare Before Christmas. I think he gets he no credit. It goes for Tim Burton, but he's the one that directed it. He was the one behind it. Exactly. Man. He literally came out like a couple of weeks ago and said that he thinks it's bullshit that Tim Burton gets all the credit, f- even though he didn't direct the movie. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. And, it's, like, everybody remembers Henry Selick for Coraline and not Nightmare, but it, it, which makes no sense considering he directed both films. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he definitely deserves credit. And the, the first thing I noticed about this movie, we'll get into it, the first thing I yeah. noticed when I put it on is how much effort it looks like went into making this movie and, yeah. and bringing it to life. Oh, no. The stop motion is amazing. I really enjoy it. The, the sets... Um, the amount of work that they, they, I feel like they put into this yeah. is is off the charts. Um, so I really enjoyed that aspect of the film and the aesthetic that it went out to make with the stop motion. Yeah. It is frightening. It is scary. Children would uh, probably be horrified during points of this movie. And mm. I really enjoyed the tone that the that the how the world looked. Um, you know, reflected on the rest of the film. So I really enjoyed that movie. Uh, that part of the movie. I think that the story is really good for the most part. I I had the pleasure a few years ago to meet Terry Hatcher, and she's a, a lovely woman, very nice. And, um, you know, I met her, I've seen her in, in several things, like the James Bond movie that she was in, but I knew her mostly from Lyles and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, and she's a fantastic Lyles Lane. But such a nice woman um, when you meet her. She talked to me for like five minutes, and she was really, really nice. Um... She's outstanding in this movie as uh, as the mother and the mm-hmm. other mother from the other universe. Dakota yeah. John, uh, Dakota Fanning, sorry, is really really good as Caroline. The the, the um or Caroline, sorry, not Caroline. That's a running joke in the movie. Um, but yeah, the voice performances in this movie really make you feel for the characters and the story. I feel like is a bit of a um, is a bit of a a warning to children to. Um, be happy with your circumstances because you know you might get mad at your parents you might get upset with them but when you get everything that you wanted maybe it's not actually what you want maybe having discipline and um and you know your parents having faults are a part of growing up and part of learning and i feel like it's such a good lesson um for people to watch and as you watch it when you're a little bit older like me and you and i watched it you know first time 28 years old and i I just really appreciated that aspect of the film and how that message is portrayed because um, if you watch it as a kid, I feel like you'd have a very different um, point of view and opinion of the film as you're watching it as an adult. I sympathized with the parents, especially Terry Hatcher, the mother, yeah. um, in this movie and, and how Caroline um, you know, reacted to you know, her having other stuff on but trying to be there for her daughter. So, mm-hmm. um, But when you get to that other universe and the button universe, we'll call it... Um, it is uh, horrifying. Um, I feel like it does a, a great does a great job at conveying that just because you get everything that you want as a child and you know p- seemingly perfect parents in a perfect world, that maybe it's not what you want, and maybe that discipline and, and the parents that have other stuff on because they're trying their best to raise you and also trying to lead a career you know, is a, a very important part of growing up. So I definitely think that you and I, Doopy, now that we're a little bit older, would see this movie different to what a 10-year-old 
child that's watching this movie would see it. So I feel like there's a lot of depth there. I feel like this is a movie that will be studied for years to come and even maybe in high schools about how different perspectives and um, in, a, in a family's relationship can really you know, make a difference and it's all about interpretation and just because, you know, the parent might see it one way, the child might see it another and both are coming from the right place, but it's all about, you know, kind of having a middle ground and I feel like this movie does a great job of that. It's horrifying, that universe, and, um, you know, I just, yeah, I, I really enjoyed my time with this movie. The only criticisms that I would have to it is, um, which I don't know if I've mentioned this, is the side characters and that I don't know how much the... The performers, the the actress ladies, the older ladies, and the the other people in the in the hotel really add to the movie. So, mm-hmm. but in terms of creating that atmosphere and creating that environment and making um, the world feel lived in, I feel like Henry Selleck did a fantastic job with this movie. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, this is this would be honestly one of my favorite animated movies at this point. Um, just massive props to everybody who, you know, did the create creating of this movie. The, the dolls look amazing. The sets look amazing. The, a couple of the dolls got sold pretty recently for like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, to and the art, the, the work that's put into the doll, yeah. like the passion that those yeah. artists put into creating them. Yeah. And I think that, you know, most of it's perfect in terms of like the... The, you know everything to do with the look of them yeah the atmosphere that it creates is just, just so well done see I was a little bit worried heading into this movie because I don't like The Corpse's Bride now I really like Nightmare Before Christmas hmm. uh, the stop motion like Chicken Run does it really well but Chicken Run you go back and watch that movie now I feel like the stop motion it's starting to show its age a little bit yeah. in terms of how it holds up I really like that movie but I feel like this white looks aged slightly in certain places as you said, the love and care that's put into those dolls and creating the world that Coraline's in, it's just a tremendous job. Yeah, I mean, I just, I love stop motion. I mean, obviously, Island Isle of Dogs and Fantastic Mr. Fox are like two of my all-time favourite movies. Um, and, you know, I just think it's such a, such a, if done well, it's such a good art form of, of animation. And um, I can see why... You know, there aren't like a massive amount of stop motion um, animated movies coming out. I've obviously got that Pinocchio movie coming out pretty soon. Del Toro's. Guillermo Del Toro's, which has gotten massive praise for it already. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But, you know, and I think Henry Selleck is pretty fantastic at what he does with the art form. And um, yeah, I have nothing but praise for this movie. I absolutely adore it. Alright, well, that was our thoughts on Coraline, which is our first ever recommendation on this show. It was from Doobie to me, and if you guys hadn't watched it, I hope this convinces you to maybe check it out. And if you have, let us know what you think of the movie. Let us know just in general, because you can follow us um, and leave a review and let us know what you think of the show at What Are We Watching Movie Podcast on Facebook, at What Are We Watching on Instagram, and follow the feeds on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, we're on all platforms that really have podcasts on it. So follow us there. My recommendation, so we're going to be back in three weeks with another type of these shows, and it's a little bit of a break, but um, I've got a movie that I don't think you have seen, Doopy. It's mm-hmm. a 1990s classic, and I gave you a bit of a tease a few weeks ago saying it was a very successful 
MCU actor and in the world that's a, a blockbuster actor but early in their career and it's a Robert Downey Jr. movie that I'm recommending to you this week it's one that I saw a couple years ago and Robert Downey Jr. has called it one of the favorite one of his absolute favorite movies that he ever worked on it is called Hearts and Souls have you ever heard of this movie no I haven't actually yes it's a, forward to it. it's an early 90s movie I feel like it um you know we'll talk about it more in three weeks but I feel like it definitely highlights the range that that Robert Downey Jr. has as an actor and, you know, as as great as he is as I mean and, and was for a, 10 years plus, yeah. he gets to show a little bit more range in this movie. It's a 1993 movie. It probably is one that you might have to rent because I don't think it's on a streaming service in Australia. That's all right. It's a movie that I um, can't speak highly enough and it's got Eafri Woodard from uh, Luke Cage fame in it. I don't know. You, you know who she is. So yeah, yeah. Um, she's yeah. a really good actress. Well directed by Ron Underwood yeah. um, who directed City Slickers and Tremors and, a, and was pretty big in the 90s. So um, okay. I hope you enjoy it but I want awesome. your honest feedback when we talk about it in three weeks. Yeah, no problem. I'm no, looking forward to it. All right. Well, that is what have we been watching for this week and it's been a good catch-up, Doopy. It's been a good to chat about movies and things that we're passionate about. We obviously got deep into Halloween and we got <laughs> deep into uh, the state of superhero movies, but it was a really good catch-up. Is there anything that you're looking forward to in particular in the next three weeks, checking out in terms of pop culture at all? Um, Before we leave. I'd actually... Because the main movies that I'm uh, definitely or interested in checking out is obviously Avatar. Um, which we'll, we'll have our full ranking list of um, James James Cameron's films. In the next which, month, yeah. Which we'll I, I think I've got four movies to watch. I might have five, so I'm pretty sure I've got four to watch. To be clear, a lot of the James Cameron movies are, are really good movies, so I feel like getting yeah. a number one might not be as easy as it seems for me. I, I don't think it will be. I, I think that you'll be shocked with... Oh, actually, no, I don't think... I think you'd have an idea of what my number one would be, but um, look, he's obviously I've still got to see some of his um, some of his best work, so I'm definitely. I've seen everything forward. except one of his movies, which might be The Abyss. Is that a movie that he directed? I don't. I'll, I'll be shocked yeah. if you've seen one like his first movie. What's his first movie? Piranha. Ah, are, no. we, are we counting that? Work it, word, word, mate. We're counting it. Yeah, Absolutely, it? we are. Have you seen that movie? No. Okay. Well, <laughs> Apparently, it's not very good. But are, we, um, are we sure we want to count it? I think I, I think I saw something about it that made me not want to check it yet. Let's <laughs> have a look. Piranha two. Okay, this is why I don't think we should include it. I know this is just completely off topic. Yeah. He's one of three directors. Oh, okay. do we include it? Nah, I don't. he's not the solo director on it. Yeah, I think he came nah. in late. No, I, I, I don't really like. I, I don't really know. I looked at his filmography and it's literally, yeah, The uh, the Abyss is the only one we uh, that I haven't seen. Yeah, see, I think if it's multiple directors, it only works if you, like, if they've done, like, multiple... Sort of like the Coen brothers. Yeah. Like, if they do, or like... The Russos. Yeah. If we if we ever do, like, a countdown or something like that, then it has to be, like... That's fair. Something That's fair like point. that. Okay, good. Gives me a reason not to watch. But in terms of stuff <laughs> in, the next, in the next three weeks, so I don't think Avatar will be out in three weeks. No, no. no. So, um, I mean, you're going to check out... Uh, well, we're going to check out Black Panther. I don't know if you're going to watch it in cinemas, but oh, I will. Um, we'll, we'll see. Obviously, this weekend, I'm seeing Armageddon Time, which is a new movie by James Gray, and I'm looking forward to seeing that. Uh, and I've obviously got to check out Black Adam, um, so I'll be able to 
talk a bit more about Black Adam on our on our next show. I'm actually um, going to check out the blockbuster Netflix TV show with Randall Park that just dropped. I see. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll watch the first couple episodes, see if I can get into it, but it seems like a comedy that maybe I can get behind. So I might check that out. Yeah. Right. All right. Sounds good. There's also that. Uh, the Evan Peters Netflix show that everybody's talking about that maybe I'll have a look at that he plays a serial killer oh yeah um, I can't even remember what it's called but maybe I might have to check um, that out as well he plays Jeffrey Dahmer Je- Jeffrey Dahmer yes yeah. yeah, so that's I mean, you haven't seen that either I haven't I've heard a lot of things about that okay yeah from, I know it's um, the talk of the town so yeah I wanted to check it out alright well with all that out of the way, uh, thanks for being on the show again today, Doopy. It's always a pleasure talking to you about movies. Is there anything you want to say before we get out of here? Uh, not really. Thanks for having me again. Um, I should have some reviews coming out in the next couple of weeks of things that aren't horror movies because I think I'm sure people have heard enough of me talking about movie, uh, horror movies on my page. Um but yeah, expect some James Cameron stuff, um, and expect a lot more from um, from this year. Got to check out Elvis. I've got to check out Top Gun Maverick. Miss some big ones. Miss some real big ones. So it's a big couple of weeks coming up. Uh, and you can check all of Doopy's reviews at Doopology Reviews. So check that out there on Facebook. And thank you guys for listening to the show again today. My Walking Dead season reviews will start next week, and hopefully I can get up to date. Um, for the finale. So it'll be interesting after season eight currently. So check those out and we'll see you next. I'll see you next week uh, as me and my special guest, Jamie Keane, count down all the MCU phase four from worst to best. And we'll see you back in a couple of weeks, Doopy. Thanks for having me. Take it easy, guys. And we'll see you next time on What Have We Been Watching.